Welcome to the Live Point Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired by this message. What's up, Live Point? How are you guys doing? Merry Christmas to everybody. God bless you. So glad each and every one of you are here. You matter. Let me welcome everybody joining us online. You matter too. Drop us a little note in the comments and let us know what's happening with your life, where you're tuning in from. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here at LifePoint. Incredible privilege to serve you in a wild, wild time we're living in, right? And as uh, the regular people here have been, been here a long time know that I like to say this, God chose us to live in this crazy time. He didn't choose the Apostle Paul or Simon Peter. He chose you to live in 2021 and soon to be 2022. Sounds futuristic, but it is here and uh, it's on us. So we're just going to run right into it full speed ahead with Jesus at the center of it all. And he's going to, he's going to, yeah, come on, give it up for Jesus. That's what we do. Exciting, exciting time. To be alive, tell you a couple things that's already been mentioned, but just drive this into you. Next week, we will be online only. Okay? Online only. If you come here, it's going to be you. You can watch the service on your phone outside, uh, but it's going to be you online on a service. Uh, it's going to be great, and make sure you tune in. 24 coming up this, this Friday. It's going to happen, our, our annual Christmas Eve concert. If you were here last year, you know what went into that, the amount of work, the excellence with which it is done is incredible. So make sure you get here and bring somebody with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's our gift to the community. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn over to two places, Luke chapter 2 and Galatians chapter 4. We're going to get there in just a few minutes. This is kind of a, a heavy Christmas message. If you know me at all, you know I'm, I lean a little bit heavy. That's okay. The gospel is the serious business of heaven. It is our duty to share it and to embrace it. It brings joy and truth and life and hope and strength and everything that we need. And, uh, but, but sometimes we need to get it inside of us and, and let it actually change us, right? So this, this Christmas season, if we're not careful will be just like every other Christmas season where we survive it, right? Some of you are just trying to survive it. You've got this party. You've got a pajama party. You've got a stocking stuffer party. You've got work parties. You've got your husband's work party. You've got this. You've got to buy gifts. You've got family coming in town. You're running behind, and it's just absolutely crazy, right? But make sure that you don't grow hate for this season. I told you last week, I know there's some Grinches in the house and I'm going to ask to let the Lord will change your heart about that. Yeah, because yeah, if we really understood what we are celebrating during this season, like, whoa. It wouldn't just be a season of celebration. If we really understood that God put on flesh the incarnation, we'll hear that sometimes in a couple weeks, if, that re- if we really believe that bones were inside of him and that he came here and he bled and he, and he did all the things that we do and except he lived a perfect life without sin and became a sacrifice, we really believe that, we wouldn't be a Grinch about this. We would celebrate it every day, every single day, all year long, just go after it all the way. And I know, I know, I know, I know people are absolutely crazy, Right? Somebody got an amen for that. People are crazy. Amen. (laughs) Come on, it's South Florida. People are crazy, and they get even crazier in this time of year. You know what I mean? I mean, we do crazy stuff, right? Black Friday opens up. I mean, it's like boom, and people literally, like, they're, they're wanting to give this amazing gift to somebody. It's a gift 
Gifts are given, and you want to see, as you give a gift, you want to see people get some happiness out of that. You want to see them smile. Let them know that you love them because you got them a gift. But on Black Friday, people will punch each other in the face for a toaster, for an air fryer. They will step on people. They will trample people just to get this $29 item so that they can give to their loved ones so they can experience love, joy, peace, hope, patience, kindness, goodness, all the fruits of the Spirit. It's like, what's wrong with us? People lose their minds over this season. And I know it's crowded and it's too much food and uh, the traffic is bad and people's attitudes are bad and there's people on the good list and people on the bad list. Some of you actually pull out a bad list every year. You're like, this guy's not getting nothing from me, Right? You like that. What's wrong with people, right? And there's a long list of things to do and shopping and invitations and all of this wonderful stuff. And I think, man, wonder what God thinks about all this. It's like, what have you done with this thing that I've given you? What have you done with this gift that I've given you? I love Christmas. I absolutely love it. But the older I get, the more intense I get about it, right? The more intense I get about my life. Uh, not that, it, you know, intensity is not a fruit of the Spirit, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's not what drives me. But I'm like, man, I'm, I'm focused in. I'm dialed in. I told you last week, I've never, I've never moved in trust in God like I have this season. Right? I'm just getting closer to him, right? I just, I just get closer to him, and I just trust him, and I know, I know that it's going to be okay. And so as we begin to unpack, we've already started this series, Son of Heaven, of, again, the incarnation that God left heaven, that, that Jesus left a very comfortable spot in heaven and came down here to do everything that we understand so that he could say, so prophecies would be fulfilled, and they could say that he was tempted and always like us, but without sin. He became the model. He became the model of love and of, of how we're supposed to do life. And this Christmas season really is just the introduction of love. Now, some of you have been doing this a long time, but this season is really about helping us to understand the introduction of love to the world. We didn't understand love really before that. You know, the Old Testament characters and really New Testament characters and us as characters too. We're just a mess without Jesus, right? But when Jesus shows up on the scene, we begin to understand love. But Christmas is really just the introduction of the love because the full love is displayed on a cross when we celebrate Easter. That's the full love that's displayed in this thing. So we want to understand that deeply. And again, I don't want you just to survive this season. I want you to thrive in it. I want you to come out better than you ever have in the history of your life, in the approachability of God, that he becomes approachable through Jesus. That's what that clip was about from last week. I wish there was a mediator between us. I wish there was a bridge. I wish there was a gap. I wish there was someone who could reach God for me because he's too big for me. And he says there is. His name is Jesus. I'm so thankful for Christmas. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful for the gospel that has set us free, the power of God. It's absolutely beautiful. One thing in Christmas that I'm not thankful for is wrapping presents. I'm the worst rapper in the history of the world, right? W-R-A-P-P-I-N-G, not R-A-P-P-I-N-G. I'm actually a pretty good rapper. <laughs> believe it or not, believe it or not. Um, but wrapping presents, oh my goodness, it's bad. Let me just see, how many of you think you're good rappers? Raise your hand, okay. okay. Any men? Okay, Michael. Okay, I see a few guys over there. You just like, take your time. I can 
like I'm a bag guy, you know what I mean? The bag and then the paper, the tissue paper. That's me. Like put the I'll put like three colors in there of tissue paper. I'm like, that's extra. And I'll go the extra mile and tape the sides closed so they can't peek in. That's my beautiful wrapping that I bring to the thing. That's what I bring to the table, folks. That's what I bring for the table. And uh, it's, it's, it's an art, right? You know, what shouldn't be an art is unwrapping. And yet some of you are doing that. You know what I'm talking about? The, some of the, the grandparents like to do this. You know, everybody's waiting, and the grandpa's like, <sighs> and I'm like, oh, that's what I'm, I really get. I'm like talking to the Lord during that time. I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to help me with my patience. I'm like wanting to reach over there and help him just tear the paper. It's paper. It's going to get thrown away. But I, la- I laugh at that stuff, and yet I'm, I'm taken back to Christmases long ago in my family when my grandpa Ralph, who served in four major battles in World War II, and really was a, yeah, he's a great son. By the way, thank you to all of our veterans. We love you guys. Thank you for active service members. Merry Christmas to you guys. Um, but I, when I think about my, my grandpa and, and all the nerves, he had such a nervous energy about him, probably from the war, probably from getting shot at and, you know, seeing his friends hurt and things like that, and fought the last 11 years of his life with Alzheimer's. But I remember him at Christmas, and the truth is we had far too many things. Far too many gifts. It was ridiculous. When I look back at it, it was ridiculous to see all of those gifts. It was so much that at the end we would step back and it was just a pile of, of paper. You know what I'm talking about? But I would watch my, my grandpa. He was trying to keep up with it because he always thought that something good was going to get thrown away. You know what I'm mean? saying? Some of you have that nervous energy about you, right? There's paper everywhere. And the kids don't care. They're like on to the next thing, right? So they're like, oh, it's just a card. You know there's, cu- there's money in the card, right? Let's make sure that the card doesn't get thrown away, so let me stay on top of the picking up the paper because I don't want anything good thrown away. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of wrapping in our world right now, and if you're not careful, you're going to throw something good away. Don't get caught up in all the glitz and the glam and the bows and the things and the advertising and all of that stuff. What you've got to focus on is that this has been and is and will always be about Jesus. Always. It's never going to be about that. So when we think about the, the rapability of things, uh, I, I understand that before all of this, before Jesus came to earth, he couldn't be wrapped. He couldn't be wrapped. And yet this little teenage girl does the best she knows to do in Bethlehem with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. When God became rappable. It says in verse 1, at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that the census should be taken throughout the, in, the Roman Empire. And this was the first census taken when Quirinius or Cyrenius, some would say, was governor of Syria. All who returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home, and he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for you, God. You're, you're the promise. You made it possible, Jesus, that we could 
have eternal life, that we don't have to live under the bondage of sin, the weight of shame and guilt. God, you said we could live in complete freedom with a new hope, with a new strength, with a new life, abundant life that comes from knowing you. And I just pray that we won't just let this season pass us by, that we'll really begin to absorb the weight of this thing, that you would open up the, the eyes of our heart, the understanding of our hearts, so we walk away different, transformed by the power of your love once again. We thank you again for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As I just said a minute ago, God became rappable. I grew up hearing my dad, who is a pastor, say that God became killable at Christmas. I heard Pastor Gus a couple weeks ago use that term. God became killable. Before Jesus, he was unkillable. They couldn't have hung him on a cross. It would have been impossible to do that. He had to take on flesh and bones and blood and tendons and capillaries and all the things that make up our human body in order to become killable. Now, we know that he didn't stay dead. We believe that he rose again in full victory for us, right? And I'm so thankful for that. But he did come. He was a baby. He, did. he experienced everything that we experienced, and yet he didn't stay a child. He grew up, and he grew in wisdom and stature, the Bible tells us. And he got about his father's business even from a very early age. He understood that. I wish I understood what he understood about his father's business. That's how we should understand, especially knowing what we know about this. But this presence, this present that was really too big to wrap becomes wrappable. And I think this poor little girl, right, Mary and Joseph's probably head is spinning, even though that the angel had visited him and said, hey, fear not, which is scary, by the way. That's why the angels always show up and say, fear not, because people were scared because an angel showed up. And it's a, it's a strange thing. If an angel showed up in your room, you'd be scared too, right? <laughs> and, and so we, we understand that. We, we understand that she just did what she knew what to do. It's what she had been modeled. She had seen other mothers in the community. People have babies, and what do they do? They wrap them up. They wrap them up in linen. They wrap them up in clothes. If you go to the hospital and you have a baby, then and we have several new babies in, in, the, in the church now, praise God. That's one way to grow a church, right, church growth. And you have these babies. <laughs> Not me, you guys. You guys go ahead. I'm done. Um, but, you know, we, we wrap these guys up in little fuzzy blankets and they put little things on them and they, they put the little, little mittens on them and they're so cute because they don't want to scratch their face and it's just a, this precious little thing. They're wrappable and lovable and you just want to snuggle them and all that and, and we sing songs like, Mary, did you know? And every pastor in America is like, she did know. The angel, the angel told her. Right? He, he told her what was going to happen. She absolutely knew. It's, it's, it's a cute song and everything. But she absolutely knew that he was the son of God. And we think about this rapping, right? And the best things, the best things that we have on earth to give, Right? We think it, it's got to be packaged up. Oh, I'm going to get that diamond. That's going to be the one. We're going oh, to do it. I'm gonna t- it's going to be on a trip. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be this beautiful, beautiful thing. But our biggest and best blessings in life cannot be wrapped. I'm not even talking about the Jesus stuff right now. The older you get, the more you just want to spend time with family. You know what I mean? Like that's, there's no price for that. I was talking to people earlier, and they're like, oh, i got family coming to town. I can't wait. Some are going out. You're actually going to drive, and you're going to surprise somebody for Christmas. You can't wrap that. You can't wrap that stuff. 
I mean, it, 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 we know that, like, okay, somebody gets a car, it's really cool, they can't wrap it, so they hide it in the garage, and somebody comes in. We've all seen the videos, and it's really cute. They open the garage, and it's beautiful, and there's a big bow on it because it's too big to wrap. But when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the Savior of the world, we're talking about God, the creator of the universe, becomes flesh. This is really too big to wrap. This is really too big to even wrap our heads around this thing. We can't quite understand it. And so that's why it was my prayer a minute ago that God would deepen our understanding, deepen it, not that it would get to the depths of full understanding. It would just get to the point where I just begin to, again, feel the love of Jesus working in me, stirring my heart, the goodness of God, because it's the goodness of God that begins to change me and brings me to repentance in my life. It has to be. There's something happens, and this is more than, again, more than just a Christmas story. Think about this. Think about a present so big. It affects every culture, every country, and every person who wants to be affected. Everyone. This isn't like an app on a phone, right? We think, like, how much influence Facebook and Instagram and these people have. That's nothing on the influence of Jesus, Nothing on it. Every culture is affected. That's what we're dealing with here. It's just a story. It's not just a story, but it is a story. It's a truth that endures time, endures persecution, endures revolutions, endures pressing. They hung him on a cross. They tried to kill him. They killed his followers, the ones closest to him. They're still killing his followers today, and Jesus is still alive. He's still well. We're still celebrating his birth today, right here on this Sunday. We're going to celebrate it tomorrow, all week long, and until he takes us home, we're going to be celebrating it. Do not leave this place today without knowing you have a relationship with Jesus. This is the importance. The importance of, of Christmas cannot be fully, fully understood. It cannot be fully put into words. I'm giving it my best, but the incarnation of God? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus came to earth. What? <laughs> if we're not careful, again, we just, we just get through this thing like Oh, yeah, Jesus, Jesus came for me. What? It's a miracle. This is a total miracle that should blow our minds. But my prayer is that we get a little bit closer in this Christmas season. And people that are searching for things in life, I pray they'll, they'll, they'll get them. Because the people that are really searching for things, they're honestly not searching for diamonds. They're not searching for cars and boats and houses. We look for those things, but that's not what they're searching for. What they're searching for is hope, truth, right, and life, and peace. Do you know the, the, the great lengths that people go through for peace? Extraordinary lengths, the travel, the expenditures. A lot of people will go on cruises during this season so they don't have to cook and they don't have to clean and they don't have to worry, like, worry about anything. And about as soon as you step off that boat, what happens? You just get hit with a rush of anxiety and frustration. And the rat race just begins again. Because they're trying to, they're trying to fill an empty void in their life with a cruise that can only be filled with the peace of God. The peace that passes all understanding, right? You cannot have peace without God. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. You can go and have a moment of happiness, but happiness is fleeting. That's what cruises do, right? They give you a moment of happiness, right? Unless you do it with kids, then it's just frustrating, right? You're laughing because you know. 
I went on a Disney cruise one time, and it was hilarious watching the parents because on day one, right, this is when Grace was little, and on day one, like, everybody's like, oh, look, there's, there's Mickey Mouse. There's Minnie Mouse, and everybody's happy, and it's just like a, a joyous family time. And they're just, by day three, there's like, if you don't shut your face, I'm going to knock your teeth out. You know what I mean? It's like, what happened to all the excitement and all of the happiness? Everybody cooped up in those little cabins together isn't going to work. There's, Go to your room. Wait, you're in my room. Go to the pool. <laughs> Do something. Just get this is it because it, it just doesn't exist without God. The peace, the calmness, the relaxation, the, the hope. Imagine how many people are out there. Right now. I imagine how many people in here right now are just on the brink of just saying, like, I quit. I'm not even talking about there anymore. I'm talking about right here. I quit. I quit my relationship. I quit my job. I quit on there. I quit. You're looking for hope. You're just looking in the wrong places. Everybody take a deep breath. That means you're alive. <laughs> it means that you can get your focus back. You can understand a little bit more in this place. And the world will tell you that peace is not real. It's not attainable. That's just not true. It's absolutely Available. It's just not available in the places that the world is looking for it, you know. What we do here on Sundays, I, I love. I love Sundays. I love being with you guys. It's one of my favorite times during the week. I also like my alone time with God, but I love Sundays. And believe it or not, there is there's some entertainment for people in here. That's not why we do it, but some people are entertained. We do it to worship the Lord, but, but some people are like, they haven't quite figured out that, we're, we're worshiping together, that this is a blended time of worship. You know, it's like you like the lights and you like the haze and the music's good and praise God for all of that. But listen, in the end, that's what, that won't keep you. All of that stuff will get old very, very quick because it's wrapping. Anybody have last year's wrapping paper? Now, maybe the unused stuff, right? Or maybe you re, reuse the bags. We got any... Bag reusers in this place, uh, everybody, right? <laughs> They're like four bucks a piece, right? <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's not why we do this to entertain you. It's not why we do this. Jesus, Jesus didn't come to be rejected by people, to lay in a manger, right? To have people spit on him, pull out his beard, and hang him on a cross, and beat him, and throw him in a grave. He, he didn't do that so that you could be entertained, right? He did that so that you would understand that he loves you. And again, this is just the beginning of the understanding of love, and there's all kinds of characters in the story. You can look at Elizabeth, Zechariah, you know, all of these guys, Mary, Joseph, the wise men, the shepherds, the angels, what, everybody had a point of view in this thing, and you've got a point of view too. You have a point of view, and it's from your area. I can't view from where you're at. I just have my point of view, and it's, and it's okay. But, but again, this is not just for entertainment. There was a purpose behind all of this. Galatians chapter 4, here's the purpose. It says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. 
They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. Now he's talking about inheritance because he's going to talk about adoption in just a minute ago. And when you're adopted into the family of God, you get the same, you're the same heir as I am, as he is, as she is, as who is Simon Peter. We're all the same heirs to the same inheritance that God has for us. That's a wonderful gift. It's a wonderful promise. You're hanging on to it. Now, some of you are actually hanging on for that physical inheritance from some aunt way down the line. Don't raise your hand. But you're like, man, I got to work now. But when that comes through, woo! We're going to the top, baby, right? You're hanging on. That person just keeps on breathing, right? They just keep on breathing, right? They just keep doing what they do every day, defying death. You know, like 140 years old. Why is my aunt the longest living person in the history of the world that they got that inheritance? Because, listen, I think that maybe the Lord is trying to teach you something. That's not the inheritance you need to be hanging on for. I know, I get it. We all want a little bit more money, and we think that's the thing that's it, but it's not. And sometimes this inheritance, they're left to kids, and this is what he said here, and, and we have these things in place that we don't give kids millions of dollars, right, because they don't know how to live, and they'll just mess their lives up, and it'll be a total disaster. We see that in Hollywood sometimes. But what he's saying here is that, that they're actually, that's, that's a tension there. Verse 3 says, and that's the way it was with us before we came to Christ. We were like children. We were, we were slaves to the basic principles of this world. Oof. Basic principles. You see, what he's, he's breaking down for us is that there's a law. We have law in, in the, the land of America, right? In the United States, we have laws you have to follow. Um, people follow them all day long, and some people break them. And if you break them, there's consequences for breaking those laws. Same thing spiritually. God lays out some spiritual principles for us. The Mosaic law became too, too big for man to follow. It was just too much going on. But there's some basic things that you should do and some basic things that you shouldn't do. And it exposes who we are. I told you last week, how many of you have ever cheated? All of us, right? How many of you have ever lied, right? All of us. How many of you have ever stolen anything? All of us. And so by our own admission, we're lying, cheating thieves who need Jesus. We need a Savior. All of us. It's an equal playing field, right? That's just the minimum of this thing. So he's talking about these basic principles and under the law, right? The law here. But look at verse 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, right? This is, this is when God marks the fact that divine intervention was coming. That divine intervention came, that God himself came, injected himself in fleshly form for the freedom of mankind, right? This is, this is important for us to understand. That's why we begin to grasp this fully. It changes us. Verse 5 says, God sent him, right? You want to know why? Here it is. God sent him to buy freedom for us. You know how much freedom costs? I don't know if you do. I don't know if I do. It's expensive. But it's, it's, it's even more expensive if you just keep doing what you want to do. Again, God did not come and die on a cross and all the same things that I said over there so you can just continue to do what you want to do. Again, that you would have the abundant life. We always say it here, John 10, 10, they have life and have it more abundantly. That abundant life is not doing whatever you want. 
Something has to change, right? You can't just go out and get smashed every weekend, sleeping around all the time. You can't be doing all that stuff because it'll, it'll, it'll mess you up. God did not send it. He sent us to buy freedom from that stuff. And I want you to live in that freedom too. He came to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. And if you're not careful, you'll become a slave in your mind and your heart to just getting to church and checking off a list. Oh, God, I read my Bible today, so I must be going to heaven, right? Prayed, did 40 Hail Marys, and I uh, feel pretty good about myself, and did a random act of kindness. And that's, a, that's, that's, that's this behavior that's weird. That, that like, I'm just going to do this one nice thing. We talked about it. We need to have a life of kindness, right? Something needs to change in us. There'll be real transformation. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves. You know what people who, who have experienced freedom, you know what that looks like? My God. It, it doesn't look drab. <laughs> it doesn't look weighty. You got people like, you can go? Oh, I can go? Like, I have freedom, yeah? And then they begin to act like something has really changed in their life because something has changed. So why would they go right back to captivity or to the behaviors that, that kept them in captivity? Why would they do that? Nobody would do that physically. So why do we do it spiritually? God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. This is so incredible. This, every, every year, all the time, really, I'm blown away. I'm looking for my wife. She's in here somewhere. We, we've been, I took my family, I took Janet and Grace to Casa Shalom, House of Peace in San Lucas, Guatemala. I've been down there seven times. And, and it just gets heavier this time of year. We think we have a sponsor, a child there named Alberto, and I, and I think about him. And as much as I would like to go grab Alberto and zap him over here, I can't. I just can't. It's just, it's complex. It's not because I don't want to, it's because I can't. Like the, the way they have it set up there, it's just not going to work. And so I watch Alberto and we visit him and I see him sometimes and, and I'm like, I hurt. I hurt for him. Because he's, and I'm, and I'm thankful for the, you know, my cousins who run Casa Shalom and, and the workers there that give up their lives to help kids. Some are true orphans. They, they minister. Yeah, praise God. Between 70 and 100 kids. It, because it goes up and down because some are true orphans. They actually don't have any family that, that are known. And, and others have been taken out of homes. And they go in and out of situations. But I'm, I'm thankful for Casa Shalom. And I'm thankful for the ministry there. But I'm... But I'm more thankful that there's a God who loves Alberto more than I do. It's the same God that sent Jesus on a cross to die for me, died for Alberto. It's the same Savior that died for you so that you could be adopted. Some of you maybe are adopted in this room and you understand the weight of that whole situation. We should be just as weighty knowing that we were spiritual orphans floating around 
listen to my wife tell this story about being in China. Nobody ever told her about Jesus. She didn't even see a Bible until she was in her 20s. Nobody said, hey, you should go to church. Nobody did that. She was a spiritual orphan floating until somebody shared the love of Jesus with her, until Jesus and the Holy Spirit shared himself with her. Changed everything. I'm so thankful for that. God sent him to buy freedom for us who are slaves of law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Listen to verse 6. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Abba is like the, the closest English word we really have is daddy. Some of you actually pray this. I don't, I don't pray this. I don't know why. It's, if you want to do it, go crazy. But dad. Dad. She's sitting on the front row here. Whenever I see her, she always goes, Padre. <laughs> She'd be like, Dad. Like, I, ne- I never want that to stop. Like, never. I don't care. She's going off to college next year. I don't care. I don't care if she's 50 years old. Got kids of her own. I don't care. I don't ever want her to stop. And I'm like, Dad. And, and God did that so we can have a relationship like this. And he's, he's put the spirit of God in our hearts. Spirit of God is working in us, telling us, you need a dad. You need to let this dad love you. Quit resisting it. Quit fighting against the love of a father that's there for you. We couldn't get it all figured out ourselves. We weren't just going to sit there and go, okay, cool. I need Jesus in my life. No, the Spirit of God was the one that placed in there. God, And so we see really the Trinity in action here, that God the Father sent the Son Jesus, and he sent the Spirit to do some work inside of you. This is Trinity, the triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. You can't understand it all, but that's it. So what happens? Verse 7 says, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God made you his heir. (laughs) Yeah. You get all the gifts. But here's the thing. Some of you actually limit yourself. You're like, oh, I I just want this much of God. That's enough. Why, Why would you do that? I want want everything that God has for me. I want it all. Like everything. I want the full inheritance. Just like when the ant goes away, you're not going to go in there and like, I just want part of it. No, you're like, I want the whole thing. Give me the whole thing, right? And it's always more. There's always more with God to be had in your life. If you will just let him pour into you, if you will just let the Holy Spirit pour into you, you'll have everything that you need. I don't know if you'll have diamonds or boats or cruises or all that, but you'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You'll have all of that working in your life. The same thing that the whole world is really grabbing at, those are the, those are the gifts. They're too big to wrap. We can't wrap them. The only thing you can do is experience them with God. Would you stand with me in this place? Listen to this real quick. Two things. First John 4, verses 9 and 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's love. That's love. 
That's why we celebrate Christmas. We're going to celebrate it at Easter, but this is why we celebrate it right now, too. I want to leave you with this quote, and then we're going to pray. Tim Keller said, Christmas is an invitation. So I'm inviting you. God's inviting you. It's an invitation by God to say, look what I've done to come near to you. Now draw near to me. I want to be a friend. Wow. Listen. God did everything, everything he needed to do to get close to you. He did everything he needed to do to get close to you. All you got to do is receive it today. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. If you want more information about LifePoint or want to get in contact with us, please visit us at www.lpc.is. We hope you have an awesome week. Grace and peace.